Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com. If I was starting a YouTube channel from scratch, this is exactly what I would do. It's super powerful for someone who wants to make YouTube their their job. Full-time living. A lot of people say like ranking's dead. I strongly disagree with that. YouTube themselves said, if you do YouTube right, and if you do Video Ranking Academy right, I've got videos that are over 10 years old that are still getting views. In this episode, it's actually part two of us going through our 7R system that we use here at Think Media to consistently get views, get subscribers, and grow on YouTube. So definitely check out part one where you're going to get the first couple R's in the system. But now let's get into part two where we're going to keep the conversation going. So someone hits record uh, and maybe they've already been hitting record and now they're going to release, which is number four release. Uh, I'd love to hear kind of some of the best practices here for releasing your content, specifically you know, this year, you know, there is some stuff changing with the algorithm, with tags, there's shorts. um, And I know that's a different release strategy, but let's talk about um, what are some of the best practices right now for when you actually are uploading to YouTube? Yeah. The checklist here is on record. If you made your outline in research, you recorded, you shot everything. Now we're also assuming you may not have edited You might've also gone live or you may have just recorded it straight through and you're uploading a 10 minute video, but, or you've edited the video and you've exported it and uploaded it. Now it's sitting there. So release would be also the process of preparing it for publication, preparing it for putting it out in the world. So you want to make sure you get your title on there, your description, your tags, your, it could be hashtags, end cards, add it to a playlist, Uh, prepare all of those optimized details, put an end card on there, um, and anything that you've thought through in regards to that. Release could also, of course, include time of upload. People get stuck on these things. YouTube themselves said, like, if you do YouTube right, and if you do Video Ranking Academy right in the seven R's, I've got videos that are over 10 years old that are still getting views. So, what time did I upload that video? Who cares? Was it 6 a.m. or was it 3 p.m.? Was it Monday or was it Saturday? It's 10 years old. It's still getting views. YouTube done right really doesn't matter the time you upload. Saying that, it's not smart. YouTube eventually will show you, not when you start the channel, but eventually shows you when most of your subscribers are online. So it's intelligent to be thoughtful about when the video goes out so that it'll reach the peak audience, get some momentum early on. That could be part of getting it ranked or suggested. So just those types of things. It's that whole launch strategy. One of the visual illustrations of the seven R's is some rocket ship imagery. You picture reverse engineers like charting the flight path. Where are we even going? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna do another moon landing. Okay, so we're going to the moon. Let's do some research. What's what's the weather like? What's the rotation of the Earth like? Are we ready? What do we need to do? Where's our technology now? And then let's actually launch, you know, and then release. And then the uh, skipping ahead, we'll come back. Is yeah. then eventually rocket by this point? Yeah, you know, record would maybe be getting the rocket ready. Release is optimizing those final details. And the reason we use that imagery inside of Video Ranking Academy is because in YouTube analytics, for anyone who's published a video before, 
you have this little blue line. You have uh, this, it's it's a launch and it goes up. And what we don't wanna see is we don't wanna see it just launch and go flat. Right. Uh, we don't wanna see it launch and crash. But, and, and the dream is that it would launch and go straight up and never stop, like just viral video. It'd just be launching straight up. And so release would be preparing for launch, preparing for the final, when you know you're done, when you finally make the video public and you're presenting its packaging and presentation, thumbnail top or thumbnail title. So now we're ready for launch and then we hit the next R. Let's blast off. So real quick on release, one of the cool things that I love about Video Ranking Academy and for someone who's brand new to this and they're like, what is ranking? It's basically when someone searches for, you know, I have a, some editing videos. So how to edit in Final Cut Pro. I'm at the top of YouTube. And there's like thousands of people, uh, maybe tens, hundreds, I don't know, thousands of people a month searching for this. And that's really, really powerful. And that sends a lot of traffic, a lot of views to to your business, to your YouTube channel. And so it's really powerful. One of the cool things that I love about YouTube is that gets people watching your video and then it can help the algorithm actually start to now put that in suggested and browse. So you're showing up on homepage. And we found that uh, just under 50% of our viewers on Think Media in 2022 came from search. So we're still using search, but also YouTube is now recommending our content to the right people, which is, which is awesome. So if you do it right, it's kind of like a, a perfect storm. My question though is today... Is ranking, is it harder to rank? Is it easier to rank? I know there's a freshness factor. Can you, can you just talk about like what, a lot of people say like ranking's dead. Yeah. Like you'll hear YouTube educators, they don't talk about ranking videos. Yeah. It's like, they, they don't even talk about it. And they're like, you shouldn't be doing that. You should not be growing your channel with ranking. I strongly disagree with that. I'd love to know your thoughts. On yeah, it. a couple of things. Well, one, Our Think Media current definition of ranking would be this. It's videos that continue to be, to get views from either being found in search or from being suggested. So it's, if you do this properly, you can tap into both traffic sources and I am, or one or the other. And in either case, I'm cool with that. If I just get views six months from now, 12 months from now, or 10 years from now, then I'm happy. Right. And so <laughs> rank, I also, it's kind of old school SEO, search engine optimization. You could call it search-based content. I think our modern definition of this kind of content in VRA though is intent-based content because someone is searching because they know the words to type in or they're searching with just their behavior. They're wanting to get in shape in January. So they're on YouTube looking for health-related content, but they don't know what to look for. So YouTube begins to recommend them content. What you do on Google, what you type into Google and what you click on Google, you're logged into your YouTube account when you're on Google because Google owns YouTube. So your Google activity influences your YouTube recommendations Mm -hmm. because Google's just like, okay, we want to satisfy this individual. And if they've been searching for this or they're searching for that, all of that data can be used to try to surface content that they'll love. So under this guy goes all the way back to reverse engineering research that the, to the degree you understand the psychology of the viewer you want to reach and what they're searching for. So that's thing one. I think thing two is while it's true that suggested is the greatest form of traffic, YouTube is still the second largest search engine in the world. It's 70% of people go to YouTube wanting to solve a specific problem. 
And the reason a lot of conflict develops here is just because somebody that has a pure entertainment mindset, like a Ryan Trahan, Eric, Mr. Beast mindset, goes, well, Mr. Beast isn't ranking videos about headphone amplifiers. And you're like, yeah, dude, respect the game. There's so much diversity on YouTube. That is huge. It's massive. Yeah. yeah. That's one type of content, whereas there's this whole other opportunity. And then where people really make a mistake of being overly judgmental is they don't understand the economics. They think if you're not getting a million views or have a million subscribers that you're broke, when in fact some of the wealthiest or most successful YouTube creators are business-minded entrepreneurs and creators that have lower views or smaller audiences, but multiple flows of income. And so a search video up very practically using the headphone amplifier analogy. So I'm getting kind of back. I've always been super into music. I DJed in high school. Um, I had some turntables, vinyl records, EDM, underground hip hop, hip hop. And, uh, These days, I've been getting back into audiophile type of things. So this world includes outrageously priced headphones. Um, It includes DACs, digital to analog converters, because of how good can that... So if you you download Tidal, the music service, you can have high-res audiophiles, MQA audiophiles. You can have DACs that turn... They take those digital compressed files, they make them sound amazing in analog... You have a headphone amplifier, which may be two devices, and on the low end, a lot of times you'd spend $500 to $1,000 on these, on these types of uh, items. And on the high end, there's four to $6,000 headphones, there's one to two, three, four, five $5,000 DACs. But there could be, say that blows my mind. There could be $5,000 <laughs> headphone amplifiers. And you're like, Jeez. how much power and yeah. and when you're in this niche, there's people also that are buying multiples of things, right? And so just like people view us this way, think media as um, for cameras and whatnot, I start looking into the um, LCDX versus Hi-Fi Man, you know, I'm going to pretend I know what he's talking about. And the punchline <laughs> is I'm looking at versus videos. Yeah. I'm trying to decide planar magnetic versus, you know, traditional headphones. And so again, all these, some of these channels are getting 45,000 views, 180,000 views on these different headphone comparison videos, review videos. And I am knowledgeable because your mind's being blown, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. I need a Nolan in my life. I need an Omar in my life related to these headphones. If, if, if this is your thing and what about this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you just saved me. Yeah. And again, they have affiliate links. They've got brand deals happening. They've got different stuff. And so there's just so much diversity on YouTube. And so when you talk about ranked, a couple of things have been, there's, this is, this sums up the whole deal. Yeah. As I've been going down this path again, I am typing certain things in search. I'll learn about a product, topping headphone amps and DACs compared to, that's the brand name, Uh, (laughs) S-C-H-I-T-T. Amplifiers, man. Are they just, are they kind of crappy though? No, they're, they're the... No, no, the amplifiers. Uh, <laughs> first time on this podcast, man, the most cursing you've ever heard from. These are just brand names and book titles, but ultimately, uh, what's super funny about that is, is again, so I'm typing those things yeah. in, but now YouTube, what's YouTube doing? Recommending me. 
Exactly. It sees oh, yeah. that I'm into the audiophile thing and that rabbit hole goes so deep. So I'm getting recommended creators. I'm describing creators. I'm finding creators. I'm building trust with them because I'm watching one or two videos that are being recommended. Now I'm following them on Twitter because affinity is being built. That's what we're talking about in this whole thing. So that's all ranking. And it's it's different than, you know, I flew across the country to give Mr. Beast a penny. Like, it's just a whole different world. It's a world. different game. It's a totally it, different game. It's super powerful for someone who it ha- already has a business. Yeah. But what's cool is it's also super powerful for someone who wants to make YouTube their, their job. full-time living. And, and, and that's why we're so pumped yeah. in our VRA community. And we have so many students that are reporting because when you get all of these things lined up, this goes back to picking reverse engineering, the right topic in alignment, like is the audio file. By the way, I would say it, there's unlimited opportunity. Saturation is a myth. It is a subculture of passionate people that are, are all, all different levels of economic status. Some people want to get in there and they literally have $500 budget, right. similar to tech. 500, they're trying to take 500 bucks, accessorize their smartphone, similar, similar to our content to start creating content. And then there's somebody that's like, I just want to, entrepreneurs that work with us, they're like, I just want to ball out. I want FX. I just want the best thing. The best, that, yeah. yeah I, I want the Sony cameras, the best lights. I want to build the set, build the studio. There's a big range. But what you're also doing there is back to the business plan. You're tapping into a subculture, a market. Yes. If you went to a banker and you said, there is um, these hi-fi conferences. That's a good sign that you're in a good niche if there's gatherings of people that go and listen to all these other headphones. And what's also funny, some, some people call it snake oil, because at what point, what is the law of diminishing returns? If you're spending $25,000 on your headphones, amp, and deck, is it that much better? It's it, that much better than my free Apple headphones. Yeah, that I, <laughs> yeah 100%. And so, but, but people, people love it. And yeah. so if, if you were passionate about that, that's also profitable. And you can rank all day long. And you, of course, it's going to take work. You stick with that thing. Yeah. A couple of years later, you're also doing something you love. Brands are probably sending you free headphones. You're getting sponsorships. And you've built a business around your passion that you're having a ton of fun. You're definitely working really hard. A lot of money's coming in as the years stack up. And uh, that's the dream. That's what we're helping people do. That's amazing. So uh, back to the seven R framework, we go from release to rocket. Can you explain? Uh, I, I know you touched uh, a little bit about rocket. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So this again to that visual. Now imagine it's finally time for liftoff. Anybody listening to this that has made a video public feels the emotions. There's there's nothing like making a video One public. One out of ten. Yeah. Confetti in the YouTube studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's blast off time. And there's, there's every time there's always that feeling a video goes public, the new video is released. How's it going to do? You're watching it. It's like everybody standing in air traffic control, biting their teeth, you know, looking, is this launch going to be successful or is it going to crash and burn? And the truth about rocket is that if you've done the first four R's well, you actually should be able to take a step back and the video should take a life of its own, take on a life of its own. So not that you're passive at this point, but it doing number five well would be number five, you know, video taking off should be verification that you reverse engineered well, you researched well, you recorded well and made a great video. You released it properly, optimized it properly. What you can do, and people might say, well, I'm starting at scratch. I have zero views. What this also includes is this could include promoting the video on internal YouTube features and then also on external social media platforms or places of influence. 
So it's anything you could do to add fuel to it. And so I got a good hack for this too, that we just shared in our YouTube challenge. Uh, And we'll leave a link in the description if you guys want to join the next one. But, and I just read a Facebook comment because I logged into the, into the group, the Facebook group that everyone was in and I shared the shorts remix. And this is something I utilized with my brand new channel. And I was getting a couple thousand views on these YouTube shorts and, uh, And basically what you can do is on your content, you can clip from your long form video into a short. And what's cool is I just was teaching in the challenge more in depth how to do this. And uh, this lady, there was a ton of comments, but this lady, I just logged in and the first comment was like, I tried the tip, I tried the remix and my first shorts, you know, didn't do so well, got like 87 views, but then I did it again on a different video. It got 2000 views. Next one got 3000. The other one got 2000. And I'm like, that is adding fuel to the fire. That is one of those new features that I think is so underrated that if you don't, you're not good at editing, you don't really have like uh, just a lot of time, start remixing some of your long form content into shorts, especially right now with how really shorts are getting rocketed in the YouTube algorithm because they're pushing that. Um, Are there any other strategies like that, that you would add that like, um, you know, community posts or uh, just different, different tactics that can help get the momentum going on YouTube? Yeah. And if you're starting at zero, you don't have some of the YouTube features, but if your channel is established, community tab is one, YouTube Mm -hmm. stories is one community tab, even for older videos, you have new subscribers. So there's people who really probably don't know about your videos from six months or 12 months ago, but they just subscribed in the last month. Our friend, Neil Patel, has a good size email list. So if somebody's built an email list or they have a customer list, business owner, service providers, sending an email to your list with your latest video would be a way to rocket the video with external traffic of people that care. And then different ways you could share on social media. Um, You know, we do go deeper into this in Video Ranking Academy and there's some crazy case studies of um, different ways of doing this in niche communities and whatnot. I would, and and shorts and remixing shorts is a whole nother opportunity. It gets into even the idea of kind of repurposing your content, which we've added on to, you, you may, other ways to amplify content you've already created. And um, one of the things that we actually have in the bundle right now with the special offer for our podcast of uh, vrapodcast.com is our shorts masterclass. And so- Uh, I know you're obsessed with shorts. I'm obsessed, our whole team. And we are passing along some just amazing information um, to uh, get the word out there. So yeah, there's a lot of different things you could do there on that Rocket R, but let's keep it moving to hit the final couple. Yep, so then the sixth step would be review and uh, explain what this is. And maybe I'd love to know where people are kind of missing the mark on this step and how they could do it better. Yeah, so I I think that this is people's, kind of most people's least favorite step. Maybe 5% of the population is geeky and into analytics. I've developed the habit of falling in love with them. The quote we use here is what gets measured gets improved. Experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. So what people will do is they'll say, Sean, Nolan, I've posted a hundred videos and I'm just stuck. That person has indicated that they have a lot of experience, but what they are telling me is they're not really evaluating that experience. Because if you're 
if you've done 100 videos and nothing is changing, then you're really not learning from the last one. So this is saying that every time you go around and this, the VRA7R framework is, you know, there's a start here, launch, and then it's a loop because you just keep going through all seven R's on each video that you upload. And so it's not just post as many videos and then get on to the next one without taking the time to analyze what went well, what didn't go well, and then more specifically, actually taking the time to really learn and master and understand YouTube analytics. I was hanging out with uh, my friend Michael Zuber from One Rental at a Time, who's made it almost to 50,000 subs, almost a million views a year. We did, we actually analyzed, we audited his analytics live, and he made almost 100 grand on YouTube this last year. He's a real estate guy um, and a pretty cool channel if you're into like niche real estate uh, investing and finance stuff. But he said, Sean, I've like never looked at my analytics. And when I do, I don't even know what I'm looking at. So I think that's the intimidation point here is it's kind of overwhelming. It's numbers, graphs, charts. What do they all mean? What does the terminology mean? And that's also why, even though a podcast like this exists, where we try to give away as much free information, valuable information, why the necessity of a program like Video Raked Academy is so important, because mastering the skill of YouTube, understanding and mastering the platform is an uphill battle. Like there's just a lot to learn. And that's what we exist for is to hold people's hand and help them understand that. Cause to the degree that you can start seeing the matrix, you know, and decoding the matrix okay. as you're studying videos, now you can make data driven decisions so that your next upload can be a little bit better. That's another key is we say get 1% better with every upload, but that could also be subjective. The only way it's not subjective is if there's, you're actually measuring things. For example, it's starting to look and study your audience retention curves, maybe looking for in your audience retention curves, is there any areas where attention dips? Is there any areas where it really is clear that you lost the viewer? Well, by studying that, you now can go and say, I'm going to not use language like that or do edits like that or do whatever I did in that moment that ultimately... uh lost the viewers. Therefore, your next video, it's not necessarily like a lighting change, like trying to make your lighting 1% better. That could be helpful. It's actually content. That doesn't matter as much. It, yeah, because it's not. As the retention graph it matters the, way more. The retention graph is like the game. And, and of course, click-through rate. Yep. But then as you dive deeper, you're seeing over time what which videos did. And, and the one thing I'd also encourage some people is that the goal is not to get stuck on any of these R's. The goal is actually to keep moving through them as quick as possible, patiently, but the more times you go through the seven R process, the better. And to your point, you mentioned a lot of people will get stuck in reverse engineer and research and they won't even get to record. My goal is reverse engineer, research, record, re you know, release, rocket, review, repeat, and do it again and do it again and again and again and again and spend each time on each R going a little bit deeper each time, but don't get stuck on one. When you're just starting and you only have like three uploads or one upload, there's not much to review. You actually need a level, sure, you could get some feedback, but where things get really interesting is once you've uploaded 10 videos or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, and once you've been on YouTube for one, two, three, or four months, because now you can start looking at comparing 
February to March, comparing March to April. Now you could start comparing 90-day performance on YouTube versus the previous 90 days. So the level of review, now we're at Think Media comparing years to other years. Right. You know what I mean? We're comparing seasons to other seasons. And so the, the review gets exciting and it gets more exciting once you start learning it. I hate, I've hated math. And I, it's not my favorite. Mel on the Think Media team loves math. She's thinking about starting a brand called Mel Knows Math. Uh, I don't know if she really wants to, but it just is, kind of flows. And uh, she like studied neuroscience. And so that has nothing to do with this conversation. But ultimately, uh, I've started to fall in love with numbers. I think falling in love with numbers, falling, love, falling in love with the data, falling in love with those details, that can actually really help you uh, over time. And, and it, it really is endless. Yeah, I think one mistake that I see a lot of people make in this phase is when you when you have enough videos, I think you'll need like four at this point on your channel, um, you get ranked. And so when someone releases it, they usually just see if it's one out of 10, meaning that's the best. If it's a 10 out of 10, that means it's performing the worst out of your last 10 uploads. Yeah. And I think a lot of people put way too much weight on that. Uh, that's all they're reviewing. And what's awesome with learning the entire video ranking academy system and really deep diving into this framework is we have videos that we post 10 out of 10 and we're okay with it because we did the reverse engineer. We know this is meant to rank over time and we go back. And some of the videos that we released 10 out of 10 are our best performing videos right now because mm. they pull so much search. They pull so many views and suggested. And so I just want to encourage uh, people that there's many reasons it could not perform well in that first day, but it's like, give it some time. If you actually implement these things that we're teaching uh, in Video Ranking Academy, it's like it will do well over time and you'll get views eventually. And so don't don't spend too much time, you know, stressing about that. That's a good point, you know, and it was two years ago at VidSummit. So you, the Think Team was there, you and Omar and Kyle this past year, the year previous, Todd Bupree from YouTube, the product manager. Mm -hmm. One of the things he said in his talk was people undervalue they're two into the first day or week of YouTube yeah. uploads. And there may be two into the last 10 and they're undervaluing evergreen or even just the longer lifespan. And we'll consistently see it. That videos will pop at day 20, day 30, day 45, day 65. And that is a hard, that the reason that's hard is it's patience because yeah. we're sitting there in air traffic control, looking at the launch and like sometimes getting a little too preoccupied by it. You check in all day long. You're in your YouTube studio app on your phone. And you need to I get, get it. out of the atmosphere. Yeah. And then you got to give us some time now to start drifting. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And, and really get away from just that day one. Like we study, we're freak. It's okay. It's compulsive. I am guilty of yeah. this. It, you know, you're checking in multiple times a day. How's the video doing? And sometimes the ranking changes. It's one out of 10, it drops to four, yeah. or it's 10 out of 10 and it drops, it goes to five. Oh, what's happening? Can I rocket it more? And so people kind of sometimes overemphasize the amount of anxiety they attach to day one through day two, three, and are undervaluating day 30, day yes. 60, and year two of a potential YouTube upload, which is when you really start, the, the more you understand review and the longer time horizon you have to study, it just teaches you things where, you know, we talked to Omar on a previous podcast where like, bro, how do you feel if a video gets 10 out of 10? He was like, unshakable. 
He was like, I, I, cause I like I, that metric when you know the intent of the video, when it was reverse engineered properly, researched properly, you're not shaken by the vanity metric, hoping to get some serotonin and some dopamine off the initial views to kind of stroke your ego. You're like, I'm playing such a long game here. I know what I'm doing. Exactly. And I think that's the confidence that Video Ranking Academy gives you because of our experience. Pract- yeah, our experience and our practical approach to YouTube. We've seen it. And so, you know, you have guys like Omar, you, me, we're like, we can tell you like, chill out, you know, 10 out of 10, like give it some time. And even people just getting started on YouTube, the reason they actually stop posting and they just give up on the channel is because they don't see results right away. Mm. And I'm like, that's not even how YouTube works. And so because we know how it works, that's the power, I think, of just partnering up with people who have seen it, they've done it. And, you know, we, um, We've just seen so many people come through Video Inking Academy and work with us that it's like it it still works. It works for them. And um, man, we have countless testimonies out there, testimonies. And so I just want to encourage people to don't give up. Like just keep going. It might be a slow start, but if you just keep going, you don't give up, you're going to see the fruit of that. And uh, that's what I love is this, this actually sets you up to not be in the rat race of trying and trying and trying and never seeing any success. It's like, let's get you doing the right things and then try, 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 and, and it, it'll, uh, it'll start working for you. And so I love that we've been able to help so many people. Well, I think we should probably hit the seventh R and not even to sp- take too much time on it. Cause honestly, the seventh R has number one been updated and number two, there's just more than we have time for here, but the seventh R is repeat. Yes. And uh, the first part of repeat, because it's actually, we technically have an eighth R now. So repeat is also, now that I've done all of this and I've reviewed, how can I begin again more intelligently? Could I double down and should I make a part two if I've identified that this video was successful? Should I follow up? Is there any comments on this video now that I get in it some time that indicate I should answer a, a sequential question or make a sequel to the video? Can I start learning skills of batch producing? Is it a new year? I've done the 2022 version. Can I do the 2023 version? Can I do the 2024 version? All of those types of questions. Um, but the eighth R, Nolan, is repurpose. Because repeat is also asking, do I have to reinvent everything or can I repurpose this? We are making a video podcast at this very moment. Can we chop this into smaller clips? Can we chop this into shorts? Um, we, I would argue that remix is a repurpose activity. You've made a video. How can you multiply the yes. effect of that video by repurposing it? And remix is one of those features. And I want to give some caution here, but also once I believe YouTube is your home base, that's what all the data tells us. It's the most profitable platform. It's the best, healthiest platform, but it's not that you shouldn't also expand onto other social media platforms. As you keep going through the seven R's, money starts coming in. You're building systems. Repeat would ask, what systems can I build around my YouTube channel to increase sanity and make this more sustainable? And- how can I repurpose some of my YouTube content onto other social media platforms, especially with vertical video? Because if we're making longer form content like this, we could chop it up and not just upload YouTube shorts, but that vertical video could go a lot of places. So literally the seventh R can expand into an entire 
empire of internet domination, of building your brand multiple places. And of course, having all of that strategy and thinking is predicated on your vision, predicated on your goals, predicated on your resources. What are you after? For certain business owners, that is a big opportunity. I think about Anton Stetner, who is a real estate investor and agent in the Snohomish County Pacific Northwest region. His game is 100% YouTube shorts right now. But the vertical videos he's creating for YouTube shorts, he's using a lot of other places. And for what he's trying to do, that is the perfect model for him. So he can use the Video Ranking Academy system and not only crush it with what he's doing, but also be expanding. And what's actually interesting is on every single social media platform, you should reverse engineer. You should research your video ideas. You should record a great video, even if it's 60 seconds and it's vertical. You should optimize it properly for that platform and release it properly. It should rock it, but can you share it? Can you collab with somebody on Instagram? You should review the insights and analytics on the other platforms. You should study and repeat. So actually, we've learned that this framework and system is so powerful. Uh, Of course, I'm biased, but the best investment anybody listening to this can make in their business, their brand, their future, their skill set is to learn this 7R system. It's been so refined and worked on, and it benefits people far beyond YouTube. Starting on YouTube is the most intelligent strategy, I believe, because when you expand from there, you're just killing multiple birds with one stone. You're getting a return on your energy and you're multiplying your income streams. How can I even start again and create more lucrative opportunities in the future? So inside the program, we go really deep on that and we could continue to go deeper on this whole repurpose R because that's a whole thing in and of itself.